What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Barbell Talk podcast. My name is Nick. And I'm Justin. Join us each week as we discuss all things fitness, training, and nutrition in the world of strength and conditioning. You can find us on Instagram at barbell underscore talk underscore pod. And now, let's get into the episode. Go. Here we are at episode 12. 12. Of Welcome. The Welcome of the what? to episode 12 of the Barbell Talk Podcast. The Barbell Podcast. I'm your host, <laughs> Justin. And I'm Nick. As we just have a power outage. Yeah. This house is old. Okay. okay. Welcome. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Hi. We're back on the weekly cycle. Yeah. Not we, the monthly. Yeah. The weekly. We've never done a monthly. We skipped one week. We were on a hiatus. Yes. We were both on vacation. Just from kidding. this just yeah just of life so here we are in season two episode two no there's no <laughs> seasons mid-season premiere yeah um we hope you liked last week's episode and we hope that it was insightful about being sore and not being a yeah. weenie hut junior <laughs> and just manning up or womaning up and continuing on yeah that's soreness sure, i'm not actually sure of the uh listener demographics yeah you know what demographics means yeah i do Making sure I don't kind of like uh, like mountains, regions, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Geography, geography <laughs> <laughs> makes sense. Yeah. All right. What do we got for today? I don't know. Oh, I, I just know. showed up. What do we got for today? We are. We decided to discuss our two favorite upper body and then two favorite lower body exercises. And then we'll tell you how to program them too. Yes. Okay. All right. Justin. You go first. Ah, dang it. Sorry if we just blew your speakers out. <laughs> <laughs> Are we doing upper body first? Sure. All right. Chin-ups. Mm. Not pull-ups. Not neutral grip. Well, we'll go neutral grip and regular grip chin-ups. What's the difference? Mm, I don't know. 30 degrees. <laughs> <laughs> For our viewers, what's the difference? I know um, what the difference is. Tell us what the difference is. Okay. A pull-up would be overhand oh, grip. I thought you meant between the more. neutral grip and like regular No, <laughs> I meant like pull-up and okay. chin-up because... I know I used to get them confused. Yeah. Simpleton. Um, Pull-ups. <laughs> pull <laughs> I didn't hear what you said. Simpleton. Simpleton. <laughs> All right. Pull-ups <laughs> tend to be a little bit wider grip than, um, than, than um, chin-ups or neutral grip chin-ups. <laughs> um, the, the difference is uh, your palms are facing away from your body. And it's definitely more challenging, definitely um, less less bicep activation, right? More more latissimi dorsi, latissimus <laughs> dorsi uh, activation, lats. Um, and yeah, all around like more challenging, but, you know, much higher growth for your back. However, they, as you age, they are a little bit more challenging. Um, and the reason I, I prefer like chin-ups or neutral grip chin-ups is because... Um, you're at a biomechanical advantage, meaning you're using a little bit more of your biceps, a little bit easier to get um, additional reps, especially if you struggle with chin-ups to begin with. And then um, I find that because you have more of a biomechanical advantage, you can load the chin-ups more, making it more of a upper body strength gaining exercise versus just um, you know a calisthenic exercise or you know a harder with the the gym, you know doing just maxing out like 20 pull-ups where you know it doesn't even matter at that point 
Um, how I like to program these, these tend to be my uh, big upper body day movement for our athletes. So whether or not that is like um, the the main lift or kind of the supplemental lift to a heavy like push exercise, like a bench press or something. But we always want to get in just as many or double the amount of back exercises as we do um, chest and like shoulder exercises just for, you know, overall shoulder and body health. But um, the way I like to chin up these for myself, for athletes, for clients is once you can do at least like five chin ups with a relatively good form, then you decrease the reps and you start to add additional weight, whether a dumbbell or if you have a like a dip or a chin up belt or anything like that. And then you just you decrease the decrease the reps, you know, maybe increase the sets, but you maybe start at like two or three reps and work your way back up. You're doing them. Do you like doing it on like a straight bar that's fixed or one that's at a 45 degree angle or so? Um, if you have a 45 degree angle bar, I would tend to do that. Um, if you have a fixed bar, that's when I would maybe go into more of a neutral grip mm-hmm. if you have that option. Um, just because I feel that a lot of us, oh, for me, I tend to have less of a you know a rotational range of motion in my wrists. So the the chin ups begins to like with a straight bar. They they start to hurt my wrists and that kind of like causes me to want to stop there rather than kind of push through. But at that 45 degrees, a little bit more optimal for, you know, my range of motion, you know, maybe it's some of the your, natural standing position of a human. Yeah. When you're standing, if you're there. looking up exercise science textbook, yeah. some guys just like standing there like, Hey, what, what the hell? <laughs> there it is again. I have to make it explicit. Uh, heck, sorry. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, so like I tend not to superset these with anything other than maybe, you know, a light core exercise or maybe, um, a lower body accessory, but more of a, a standalone, like let's make this a challenging upper body lift because it, it, it is, it's a, it's a chin up. It's, you know, a compound movement. You should be loading them up with additional weight and it should be something that you keep in the same rep ranges as your heavy, like pushing lift, like a, like a, a military press, bench press, anything like that. Nice. What about you? What's your favorite lower body exercise? Upper body, you mean? Are you trying to trick me? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, my favorite would be incline dumbbell press. Classic. All right. That's it. How about no, I'm just kidding. Um, I like it because it can be very, um, you can do it many different ways. You can do, uh, both arms. You can start at the top. You can start at the bottom. You can do single arm, uh, alternating. Uh, there's just different variations with it. Why incline? Well, I, I, I mean, I guess just separate from bench press but the main reason i like the dumbbell incline versus the barbell incline is the barbell you're fixed in that position and it tends to put a strain on the shoulder if you're not exactly right kind of like you're i'm sure people love that (laughs) um just like your chin-ups you change to that 45 degree angle with the uh, with your hands, if you do that with the incline, it takes so much stress off the shoulder and focuses on the chest. Mm-hmm. Um, plus that uh, hitting the topper part of your chest with the incline. What? The top. The upper. <laughs> yeah, the topper part. <laughs> this is the topper part of my chest. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the upper part of my the chest. Bottomer part. <laughs> yeah. The upper part of my chest. Um, I think it just strengthens strengthens the shoulders and um, a lot more than just flat flat wood. Uh, how I would program it is um, just really like anything else as far as uh, the reps and sets. Like if you're trying to 
gain muscle, uh, you're in that middle rep range. If you're in season or trying to hit the high strength, your lower reps. Um, but the variation of the style, like two arms, uh, single arm, single dumbbell, stuff like that. Um, I kind of just vary to, as some of the like Instagram stuff says, trick the muscle, surprise the muscle. Just kind of change it up because if you're doing the same thing week in and week out, nothing changes. I think the single arm definitely addresses and uh, makes you notice muscle imbalances. Because when you're doing both, they kind of pick up the slack for each other, your sides. When you're doing single arm, you definitely notice that, for me, my non-dominant side struggles a bit. Yeah. Well, it also adds in the uh, adds in the core and, and balance. Yeah. Um, what is the preferred uh, angle for your incline bench? Because I've been doing a... Like for the hands? No, for the bench itself. Oh. Because lately I've been doing more of a 15-degree angle. Um, I think that hits the chest just a little bit more than the the shoulders, but it's still giving you a little bit of shoulder work, but um, you get to focus a little bit more on the, the bigger chest muscles. Yeah. Uh, I think that's good. I've seen you do that. I like, um, I don't think it's quite 45. Like the normal, like 35 yeah. to 40. Something like that. Um, what about a higher angle at like that? Like 60, 70. Yeah. I think you're just definitely getting shoulders there. Well, yeah. Well, you're still hitting the top or part of your chest pretty hard. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the top. um but yeah you're definitely emphasizing shoulders more yeah anything else on that well like do you use incline bench as a accessory or is it more of your main uh pushing motion for well for for myself i use it as both like sometimes if i'm not flat benching i'll just go straight to the incline and i find it to be a very um useful exercise to build chest strength mm-hmm. um when i'm programming it for others i do find that it is a more of a main lift because of its simplicity versus like a barbell flat bench or mm-hmm. a barbell incline bench like i said um because the barbell you're not getting what you're getting out of it unless it's exactly perfectly right mm-hmm. cool all right so that was one upper for each do we want to go to lower or stay at upper real quick Hmm. Let's stay at upper. All right. Good. Upper it is. Do you not have a second one yet? No, I do. Okay. Um, I like a deficit push-up. I don't use it often, but I do like it. So what I mean by deficit push-up is you're doing a push-up with your hands elevated off of the floor. So say like two 45-pound bumper plates. So you're off the floor about, what, two and a half inches? Yeah. I um, like I, – I do like that. Um, I like it using the – what are they called? The bars. Parallettes or whatever. Yeah, parallel bars. Yeah. Um, yeah. The reason I like them is because you at the bottom of the motion, you're getting more of a stretch on the chest. You're getting a little bit more rotation of the shoulders. And, you know, it's a good, it's a good, you know, overall exercise, but it's also a good kind of recovery movement too. So uh, I just used it this past weekend. A couple of the kids I had come in just had a football game the night before. Um, you know, still looking to build some strength. So so so, you know, we're getting that extra range of motion, a little bit of extra, you know, chest involvement, but then we're also getting uh, additional shoulder rotation and a little bit of that, that stretch at the bottom for a little bit of active recovery, you know, really pushing the muscles through full range of motion, making sure that you're, you're flexible enough and you're mobile enough to, to do the motion to its full extent. And, you know, the great thing about push-ups is, again, it's a compound movement. You can do them anywhere and you can, you know, unlike what most people do 
you can load them up. You don't have to go right into barbell bench press, right? I can if you can if you can do you know eight push-ups at a nice controlled tempo with a thirty-five to forty-five pound you know plate on your back, then I consider you you know relatively strong because you're getting that that chest and shoulder work, you're getting the the tricep work, and you're also getting a lot of core in there um, because again it's a full body. You really got to keep your core you know tight. That way your lower back's not arching, and that's kind of where you find whether or not someone has the overall strength to be able to do an appropriate push-up. I think it's a good exercise. Yeah. Um, so again, like programming again depends on goals, where you're putting it in your program. Um, I wouldn't use this as my main upper body pushing lift on a normal day, but I would use it as a as a solid accessory lift to complement your main pushing move, movement. Um, I would do anywhere from three to four sets, you know, eight to ten reps, really kind of driving that hypertrophy factor of it. You know, put some weight on your back. You know, get a good get a good core workout and uh, upper body workout as well. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Nice. <laughs> All right, Justin. Second lower body exercise. Upper body. Uh, I uh, I would go with, uh, everybody calls them a little different. I call them IYT raises. Some people call them YTIs. Um, it's basically the triple combination of a front raise, a 45-degree raise, and a side raise. Okay, so you use with dumbbells. These, these for your shoulders rather than the posterior back muscles? Correct. Okay. So the reason... Oh, the reason I like them is uh, it kind of goes along with the programming because you can use them as a mobility exercise to get you warmed up, shoulders moving in all uh, three directions, or you can use it as a strength exercise and go load up the weight a little more. Um, even if you're going for that, you're not getting much weight on that because uh, it's a tough exercise. Um, but I've used it myself and programmed it as a warm-up and mobility where you're using anywhere from two to five pounds and then you can um, use it as a strength exercise where you're struggling quite a bit and again anywhere from um, depends on the person three to 15 pounds or so three to 20 I've never gotten above 15 pounds on a on a lateral raise honestly yeah. I can I can get up to 15 or 20 on like if I'm just doing front raises but the IYT I have to lower it because by the time because you're doing however many reps times three. Mm -hmm. So typically um, going with the reps for mobility, I try to do 10 to 12 or 10 to 15. Um, there you're getting each, each, each way. So um, with that super lightweight, um, trying to just get the shoulder moving as much as possible. Um, Where do you for, usually stop the motion? motion? Uh, I say like 90, 90 degrees to your body. Okay. So your arms basically straight, straight out. out. Yeah. Not up here. Yeah. Um, don't watch YouTube <laughs> anyway. Um, and then for, if you're trying to build strength, you add more weight and I usually stick to five to eight to 10 reps. So yeah. tens a lot when you're trying to load that weight up by the time you get to the potentially the 30th rep, it's nuts. Now for yourself and clients, do you have, do you do them like sitting, kneeling, standing? Yeah, so I prefer standing just because it's uh, the easiest. Well, yeah. well, someone that understands like what or someone that, you know, is actually working hard at these movements knows that like standing, you can use that lower body yeah. momentum to get you them going, body. which means that like younger kids are going to start to tend to do that. They're going to try to grab 25s and do that, um, which just 
shows that you're you know you're you're not strong enough to do that yet yeah so like you can adjust it by doing it i i find that you're using the least amount on your when you're on your knees whether you're on the mm -hmm. bench the floor um when you sit about seated i think you're if you're seated in a bench your legs get in the way okay yeah. you're not getting that full range of motion yeah um i find that annoying just a little you can do it that way just yeah. a little tougher um but to get the the most out of your shoulders I would go on the knees. Cool. Lower body. Lower body. Um, maybe a little bit different, but I like um, the lateral squats. It's number one. Squats. So lateral like so, lunges. Yeah. But like say. without the step. Okay. Um, so just staying out there. Yeah. So I, I call it a, like, because a lunge is like a, you know, a, kind of more that like verb. Movement. Yeah. Like yeah. I'm, I'm lunging, whereas a lateral squat, I'm, I'm in a... So to explain this for those of you not on YouTube, um, a lateral squat, um, how I program them for a lot of our athletes is your your feet are spread uh, usually a little bit more than what seems necessary, almost almost as if you are starting to do a groin or like inner inner quad stretch. Um, then you're holding a dumbbell like you would a goblet squat, and to ensure full range of motion, I usually have kids stand next to a bench and they're basically sitting on it, right? So it's kind of it's more of a, a target box squat than a, a regular box squat, right? The target is just the just the getting your hips all the way down to the seat, and this just allows for that full range of motion. But for most people, especially in you know in gyms where you're not training for necessary performance, you're not getting a lot of movement in the frontal plane, and all that is is side to side movements. But if you look at how life works, a lot of what we do every day, you know, tends to be side to side. So as you get a little bit older, you're not as powerful, you're not as used to, and you're not as strong in that that frontal plane as um, you should be. And that's where, you know, appropriate lifting and programming kind of comes into play. And it just gets your body used to the stresses of moving in all three directions. Um, but I like these because you, you do hit a lot of quad, you do hit a lot of that outer glute, and then you also get a nice adductor stretch and a little bit of strength in there as well. You can make these a little bit more challenging by using like a slider or a slide board where instead of your leg that is basically taking all of the weight, um, you are moving your support leg out. And that's where you get a lot of adductor strength involved. And the adductors are just that that inner quad, inner thigh that tend to be overlooked in, in most programs. Uh, Minus the people that do like three sets of sixty on the, the adduction machine, <laughs> which is a great great thing, but more of a, you know, a warm up versus like hypertrophy kind of thing. Um, so I, I really like the lateral squats. I tend not to. This is definitely always an, an auxiliary movement. Uh, I haven't really found it, it. It's not the best at building strength, but it's great for complementing overall strength. Um, so use it as again that three to four sets, eight to ten reps each leg, uh, and you know, you're, you're going to start to feel a little bit better. You're going to start to move a little bit better. You'll find that your bigger, your bigger, uh, lifts start to go up a little bit more because you're, you're hitting muscles that aren't always singled out in programming. Nice. 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 <laughs> All right. First lower body, uh, single toe calf raises. I'm just kidding. Um, I'm going to go with just the Which toe. Would you choose though? Pinky. <laughs> I uh, I'm just gonna go with I do have a second one that I like as an accessory, but a main I'm just gonna go with the squat, um, barbell squat. Well, I shouldn't say barbell squat because I the reason I like it is because how much var variability there is variation variation. 
observability at work. Mm-hmm. Thought so. Um, how you can start the progression with a body weight squat and have absolutely no weight to a goblet squat to a elevated goblet squat to a box squat to a regular barbell squat. Uh, I like um, everybody's everybody be able to get that fundamental movement no matter what level you're at. Like what you were describing with the uh, lateral squat. I think that's a great movement. I just think it's tough for newer people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah I think it's a good movement. Definitely intermediate ish. Yeah. That's where. So and that's where that box comes into play. Yeah. So. So I think the um, the variation capabilities of a squat are uh, very useful, um, and and it has great benefits to no matter what goals you have, whether it's just to be active in life because you squat to sit down and stand up, or you're a powerlifter that mm-hmm. needs to squat. So good for the knees, right? Knees over toe guy. Yeah. If you're listening to this. Um, <laughs> uh, for reps, again, kind of just stick to what your goals are. Um, but this is your big movement. This is where you should yeah. be going for like strength. Yeah. Right. So what would you say for strength? I would say four to six. Yeah. Four to six. Reps. Three to five, but yeah, four to six. Is fine. Um, 10 sets though. 10 sets. Yeah. Like 30 squats. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, not 30 sets. Which is your favorite variation of the squat? Aside from like the barbell squat or. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's just the normal. Um, Yeah. I will say you could go, you could say low bar as an option though. That's true. My, aside from the regular squat, box squat, because on days that um, I actually. Target box squat or normal sitting down and standing back up box squat. Think of a target box squat as just like you're aiming. Just your, tapping it. Yeah, you're aiming your butt for the box. Yeah. That's, the, that, that's the depth that I'm Normal targeting. box squat um, where you're sitting down and getting back up. And the reason I say that is because. I think it's very useful for if you're having knee pain. Mm-hmm. Um, myself, when I played baseball, I was the catcher, so I had terrible knees. I still mm-hmm. do. Yeah. But when I first started lifting, like I could not even even uh, begin to think about squatting without pain. And doing the box squat uh, really helped me. And now I just I just kept moving the box down. Yeah. Like when I first started, it almost looked seeing the videos now. It I look ridiculous how little I was moving. But it's what was necessary, and it was building that strength, just the little bit I was doing. Yeah. And then I just kept moving the box down, and eventually was able to remove it for the aspect of pain. I still program it every once in a while, or if I do walk into the, to do squats and I'm feeling a little bit of pain or soreness, I supplement in the, the box squat instead of saying, I'm not going to squat today. Always squat. Leg days Monday. Right? Yep. All right. Second lower body. I have two in mind. I'm unsure of which one I want. We do have to caution ourselves on the time here. Yes. So I'll I'll give the audience my two. Um, and one's a new new exercise that I've been doing, but it's a SSB Hatfield Bulgarian split squat or rear foot elevated split squat. So SSB is just safety squat. That bar. totally sounds like a beginner exercise. <laughs> I'm just, just kidding. No one said this is a list of beginner exercises. No, no, I know. And then my next one is another challenging exercise, but a, a Nordic hamstring curl on either a Nordic thing or a GHR, either one you want. You already gave one lower body exercise. I ta- did you not hear me say, I'm going to present the audience with two, and oh. then I will pick from there. Oh, okay. <laughs> I did not hear that. So now you've given three. That's not yeah. what we discussed. Oh, my gosh. 
So Roll now I got to come up with okay. three. Literally seconds ago, I said, <laughs> I'm un- I have two in mind that I want to say, and I think I'm just going to say them both, and then I will pick one that I want to talk about. Yeah, but I... But you know you already went, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay, proceed. Jesus. <laughs> Jeez. All right. We're going to get with Nordic hamstring curls. Great eccentric hamstring exercise and basically shows the overall strength of your lower body. Like, it's one thing to say you can squat like 315 pounds. It's another thing to lower yourself for five seconds and then be able to pull yourself back up on, yeah. a, on like a hamstring curl. Um, basically, just think of like bicep curling your own body with your legs. Um, it is a crazy, it humbles you quickly. Yeah, yeah. Very quickly. There's a video of like Tyreek Hill floating around from a couple years ago where he's doing them. Uh, and I, I know he did it body weight. I'm not sure if he did it with additional weight uh, as well, but he was able to lower himself and pick himself back up. And that's just a, a feat of strength that little people can really like, not like fathom, but like understand. Like I said, like it's one thing to be able to like squat a lot. You know, everyone like you talk to like, half the people that go into a gym and all of them say they can squat at least 215 pounds, but put them on a Nordic hamstring curl. And if they can pick themselves up and it's like, okay, you're pretty strong. Like, yeah. Okay, respect. Um, but these exercises, be, because they're more of an eccentric, meaning you're lowering your, your length in that hamstring. I tend to program them a little bit lower in the volume just because of how challenging and demanding they are on that hamstring muscle. And they, they are uh, very uncomfortable for beginners. Um, but, you know, unfortunately, we have like a broken Nordic hamstring curl thing. So I tend to do them more on the GHR, which is easier. You have a little bit more leverage. So what is your um, a GHR uh, is, anything, fourth, is that thing in your gym that looks like so. it belongs in a gymnastics uh, gym. So uh, what was it? Oh, um, yeah, the RDL. But yeah, so uh, kind of I would for the say, same reason. You know, There's so much probably variability. Three, maybe four sets, um, six yeah. reps six, two exercises is what I usually have been programming it at. Even for myself. What did you say? No, it's just like, yeah, okay. it's just so challenging um, for that. If you have something to say, say it into the mic. Yeah. So everybody it feels like you idiot. <laughs> um, uh, it's a a movement that leads to a lot of help in other ways as far as the uh, the hinge movement. So, uh, you, I can't look at you anymore. Um, you can do the uh, movement body weight again, just like the squat. What so, is a hinge? A hinge? Yes. Um, it's the piece of hardware that no. holds. Oh. What is a hinge motion? Okay. It's the bending of your hips. Is it? Bending? Did I say that right? (laughs) I don't know. Can your hips bend? I don't know. When you fold like this (laughs) with your body. (laughs) It's when your hips are in charge of the motion, not a squat. It's not knee dominant. Yeah. Push your butt back. Yeah, what he said. Is that that hard to explain? I don't know. You're the ones with the masters, okay? Masters, multiple. The master uh, degree. Thank you. Um, Little boy. Anyway, back to what I was saying is you can do this body weight uh, where you're just going down, um, going through that movement and making sure you're doing it right. And then you can add weight such as a dumbbell or a barbell. Another thing you can do, bar? you could do this trap bar. Yeah. What about um, a medicine ball? You could do this medicine ball. Right. So much variability. Single leg? Single leg. Mm. Double leg. Nice. <laughs> Single leg, two legs. Um, what other way? No legs. I'll have to give that a try tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's pretty How do you program it. an RDL? Um, typically, I like to stick between six to ten reps for it. Uh, ten or for six six reps, the weight should be kind of heavy. Slash, I usually do six if you're newer to you're trying to do like single leg, because. Mm-hmm. Um, 
trying to do single leg for 10 reps, that's a lot of balance uh, reliance. Yeah. So the ver- um, based on the version of the RDL mm-hmm. will depend on how many reps. See, I've been, uh, I've been loading up RDLs lately. Yeah. Like, this is your li- main lower body movement. Cause I don't have anyone. I don't have many athletes deadlift from the floor. Uh, they're either trap barring or they're RDLing. Um, so if you're, if you're RDLing, that's going to be RDLing. Yeah, that's right. RDLing, Romanian deadlifting. Yeah, it just sounds funny. Okay. If you're doing the RDL, it kind of like you said, it, it's either going to be uh, for hypertrophy and volume, like sets of 10, like 8 to 10, or we're going to make it heavy and it's going to be 3 by 3, 3 by 5, and you're just going to get your posterior, uh, posterior leg strong. Posterior <laughs> the, legs. The posterior legs. Yeah, the topper of my legs, yeah. nice and strong, okay? <laughs> okay. The backer Posterior of my legs. chain. Yeah, posterior chain, strong. Okay. All right. Cool. Anything else? Any other exercises that are just... Well, I gave an exercise and you yeah, told it me minutes yeah. ago. So. Oh, yeah. You, do you want to go over your... Nope, I don't. SSB... You will never rear learn... Rear foot elevated Hatfield squat? Did I say that right? No. Oh. SSB, Hatfield, or Rilford Elevated Split Squat. All it is is you have a safety squat bar, and then you set the basically anything up that you can hold on to for, like, balance, and then it's a Rilford Elevated Split Squat. So you use, like, the Bulgarian Split Squat kind of, like, motion, bench, whatever it is. But um, by using the balance, you can make it a little bit heavier and really chase, like, strength for on the single leg. Great for athletes. Great for anyone, really. But... Uh, Challenging nonetheless. Sounds like it. It is. Big name. <laughs> Long name. Yeah. A lot of, lot of acronyms. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I think that's it. SB, RFE, SS. Oh, shit, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> On that Hatfield, note. HF. Hatfield. Okay. Cool. See you next week. I guess. <laughs> Hopefully you enjoyed this episode where we shared some of our favorites. Not necessarily a sciencey episode. Um. As as always, hopefully we have a guest on here someday, because <laughs> then you don't have to hear us scream at each other. There will be guests. Maybe. Maybe. Right, Ryu. Subscribe. Listen. What? Share it with oh. your friends. <laughs> yeah. Listen. We love you. Bye.